Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Top Ilyasova fires the 3-1 to foul call. Didn't get it. Can't miss. Urson Ilyasova is five for five in the first quarter with 15 points, and the Jazz lead at 35-32. Kuzma, drive to the basket. Ilyasova eradicates him at the rim. Left side, Bogdanovich. Top to O'Neal. Right corner, Joe. Another contested three. He hits. The Jazz are on a 12-0 run. They've cut it to one. Ingles guarded by Drummond. Pull for three. Oh, Joe, don't do me like that. How about it? Joe Ingles for three. His fifth of the game. And the Jazz lead it by two. Joe, you're filthy. 108-107. Lakers by one. What's Quinn Drum? He gets Ingles at the top. He works to his left. Flares to Clarkson. Open three. Got it. Jordan Clarkson. Flares to the right wing and buries the three, and the Jazz are up 110-108. Schroeder comes to the ball. He drives by O'Neal, layup good. Jazz got confused. Great play by Frank Vogel. Ingles, left-hand drive in the lane. Gives it out to Clarkson. Cross court to Bogdanovich. Go and catch. Pass across the lane. Turnover. Fast break. Lakers. Ball game. All right, Gordon. Uh, over the weekend, the Jazz fall in overtime to the Lakers, one twenty-seven to one fifteen, missing um, you know uh, a couple of key players. Donovan Mitchell, of course, is out. Uh, will be reevaluated in a week. But Rudy did not play. Derek Favors did not play. Mike Conley did not play, and uh, they pushed the Lakers, who of course were short LeBron and AD, but uh, pushed them to overtime, only to really run out of gas. And by by the way, did you know, Gordo, that the Jazz have not won an overtime game since 2018? Wow, that's that's something. I Oof. think it's 0-8. It's either 0-7 or 0-8. I'd have to. Is it 0-9? That was the ninth one. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. So as I'm watching that game, well, first of all, let me ask you the question. Who was more shorthanded? The Lakers without LeBron freaking James and uh, AD or the Jazz missing those four? Well, the Jazz by far. Okay, so LeBron James is the best basketball player on the planet, right? AD is probably what a top five guy. Okay. So I'm talking. I'm not talking about numbers, obviously. I'm talking about overall missing of the abilities. So, Jazz down three All Stars and an entire position group. Yeah, I think that's more. <laughs> Okay, so we've got that settled. But uh, what we witnessed was that the Laker um, secondary unit is uh, was superior to the Jazz's. <laughs> On that particular day in overtime, yeah, I think the Lakers should really be embarrassed that they they let it go to overtime. Frankly. You know, you know the most embarrassing staff for the Lakers on there is Andre Drummond getting eight rebounds. A corpse his size would have gotten eight rebounds against that Jazz team. Oh, you're going to rip Andre Drummond when he yes. scores 27 oh, points, oh. and he's a plus 18. On top of that, how about Andre Drummond lucking into three of the luckiest Dern fast break opportunities that you've ever seen in your entire life? That's six points right there on a, on a play that is 100%. 100% of the time. 
So Man, yeah, and, and yes, balls. and yes, he should be embarrassed. He had two rebounds at half and eight rebounds in the entire game. Gordon, the 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 Jazz bigs, and when I say big, I use the term really loosely. Were Ursan Ilyasova and Jawan Morgan? He should. The, the Jazz shouldn't have gotten a rebound the whole game. He should have Jake. scored 50 and had Jake. 60 rebounds because they had nobody who was within 100 pounds and several inches of Andre Drummond. So do not <sighs> tell me that Andre Drummond had a good, a good game. Do not. Do oh, that. my gosh. The whole time I'm watching that game, I'm saying, okay, Andre Drummond is really showing that he can help this team. And, and I'm thinking in the back of my mind, now, wait a minute. What did Jake say about the addition of Andre Drummond? Oh, he said it meant nothing. And so I'm thinking the whole time, as he scores his 27 points on 10 of 15 shooting, 7 of 8 from the free throw line, as you mentioned, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, steals, and I I, I thought, okay, what? how is Jake going to spin this to make this seem like it, it really didn't happen? Oh, it was, sure not enough, a, it was not a did, good game. You didn't disappoint me at all. It was that's, not a good game that's for why, him. That's why ESPN chose to interview him after the game, oh, right? Because, because he their played judgment like crap. Is the end-all, be-all. Uh, and by the way, congratulate them for, for picking the highest scorer on the Lakers to interview after the game. But no, I did not think that that was a good game from Andre Drummond. I, f- I actually think, given his advantage, it was quite ineffectual. And if you want to argue, oh the, gosh, if you want to argue the scoring, sure, knock yourself out. But eight rebounds, that is embarrassing against okay, that so he did. He okay. He almost, he almost had double figures in rebounding, and he scored twenty-seven points, making two out of every three shots he took. And you're sitting here complaining about the man, Jake. This is what you call substantiating a position that you once held with sort of twisted logic here. Listen, Gordon. If, <laughs> Come if, take on. Away those, I can't believe I'm hearing take this. Take away those six fluky fast break points, oh, and he had please. 21 points on seven. We can't of, take those away. Seven and of they weren't shooting. Fluky. Oh, the, all three of them uh, were fluky, and they all oh, happened right gosh. right in a row. It was unbelievably uh, un- unbelievable. Fluky. Is you. That is was you an average game. At best. Oh Average game goodness. at best. In fact, so he should be embarrassed. So, embarrassed so, that he only had eight rebounds. You are so full of it, Jake Scott. I mean, normally you're just sort of kind of full of it. But on this occasion, you are completely, you are filled up to here. I don't know what to tell you if you think that that was some sort of extraordinary game. In fact, when he had two rate rebounds at half, it's funny, I thought just about you. I thought, I wonder what Gordon feels about these two uh, rebounds by this guy at half. Boy, again, what an impact. Again, again, 27 points on 10 of 15 shooting, 7 of 8 from the free throw line where you really prove that you got you know, nerves of steel. By and the way, that's the highest He's high, he the highest plus minus of anybody on the court. By the way, if you want to talk about fluky, let's talk about his free throws. You know what he shoots? Uh, he, this year he's go. this year he's having a, his best year of his career, and give him a lot of credit because he's shooting sixty percent. Do you know what he shoots for a career from the line, Gordon? I don't know, and that doesn't matter. Forty-six point nine percent. We're talking about this game. So if that, he mean, had, that means he was even better, way better than he usually he, is. He'd be down in the teens if he had his uh, average oh, day shooting geez. from free throws, and you take away. 
those uh, those fluky fast break points and <laughs> so it, the average at best, and the the rebounds is embarrassing. I notice you uh, keep going back to the points and ignore eight rebounds and two at half. Well, but, when you go into overtime, if one of your players scores, oh, and they went to overtime. He didn't even do that in regulation. Oh, you're it's, right. And wait. by the way, that plus minus number, what was the plus uh, minus in overtime? So that skews that number right out of the building because the Jazz are outscored 17 to 5. Well, you can go ahead and rationalize it. I'm not rationalizing anything. Want. I'm telling you he about was, that game. He, and he that was scored, far from a good game for scored, him. He scored more points than anybody else on the court except for Jordan Clarkson, who tied him at 27. And you're going to sit here and complain about the man. Oh, Jake, come on. He didn't have a good game. Oh, whatever. I'm not complaining about anything. He didn't have a good game. Uh, yes, he did. Gordon. You and I will just agree <laughs> on this, obviously. This was like your your teenage baseball story. He was playing against the, the Jazz, did not have an entire position group. They didn't have a big on the was, roster. First of all, I wasn't a teenager. I was like nine or ten or something. All right? So you're wrong on that count. And these were all NBA players, right? Yeah. Not, put your put your shorts on. Put your big boy shorts on and go out and play. And he was the leading scorer on the floor and had the best plus minus. Kind so, of. And, 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 and yeah, put your big boy pants on and go get some rebounds over those little oh, kids out there. Because you have just, all the you're advantage. Just swatting. You're just swatting away eight boards like that's nothing. It is nothing. Okay. For so him I, against that team, that was nothing. That was uh, absolutely uh, paltry. To, no, to finish no. under his average for rebounds against a team that doesn't have a big? You, come on! That's a tremendous victory for the Jazz right there. I thought they were going to get out-rebounded 4-1 to in that game. No kidding. Oh, but he had a great game. He did. He did not. That was average at best. It's just unbelievable. unbelievable. And when when you guys what you're doing right now, what? you're proving to our listeners that you have a preconceived notion, and then you do everything possible to make it make what happened uh, at, thereafter to fit in. You're, you're you're it's like putting you're like squeezing it in there to make it make it make sense. But the more you talk, the less sense it makes. Except for you're doing the exact same thing. No, I'm not. Yes, I'm just looking are. I'm just yes, looking at the performance are. and I'm looking at the results. I don't know and, how you could watch that game and think that now I shouldn't put it that way because I hate it when people put it that way. I, I take it back. I, I watched that game and I thought this is not an above average game for him given the circumstance. And and you know what? Rational minds can disagree. I, I didn't mean to take it that far. I apologize. But I'll tell you this. I did not think he had a good game. And you can Accuse me of looking through at it through a lens, and maybe I am. But I'm telling you what, I thought the story of that game would be, and I, I talked about it in the pregame, I thought the story of that game would be that Andre Drummond was a man amongst boys, and he was going to get 100 rebounds, and he was just going to dunk all night. And that is not what happened. That is not what no, happened. What happened was he led his team in scoring, nearly scoring a point a minute, and the Jazz couldn't stop the two Laker guards who both scored 25. They did not each. win that game because of Andre Drummond, and I don't think he had a good game. I really don't. All right. Well, okay. We'll agree to disagree. I just, I just, I'm not, I just, whatever, whatever. But we went into that game. If Rudy Gordon, Gobert had a game where he's, he had 27 points and eight rebounds, you'd be singing his praises. I don't care who they're playing against. 
Uh, I don't think I would, actually, given that yeah, circumstance. You would. Yeah, you would. No, I really don't. I, I'd give them praise like I'd give Drummond praise for making seven out of eight free throws. That's uh, that's above average for them. All right. Well, I'll just let I'll just let the facts. <laughs> what facts? Like a number on a box score? Well, I mean, anybody who watched the game I, saw what happened. See, now I didn't do that to you, and I stopped, and you just did that right. to me. That is well, not the case. Well, we'll okay. ask Locke about it because Locke didn't think he had a good game either. Well, whatever. I mean, that's doesn't the, make that it doesn't make it right. I know, but you just said anybody who watched the game. All right. I disagree. I, I honestly disagree. I don't think I don't think that's the case. And with, you know the talk going into that game before we knew that Rudy and Favors and Conley were all going to miss it was well can the Jazz win without Donovan Mitchell? Well then you take away every other key uh, contributor on the team outside of Joe and Mike Conley. Oh, uh, don't cry! But don't I, cry. I'm not crying that. about anything. But when they pushed when, it to overtime, man. And Andre Drummond far from the, dominated when, when he Lakers, absolutely should have. When the Lakers are missing the best player on the planet. But we and knew that going may, in. Maybe, well, I know, but they still were missing uh, huge pieces to what they do. And look at me. You're making me stick up for the Lakers. You always do. There. Oh, I do not. I, I stick up more for the Jazz than I do for the Lakers. I don't have any rooting interest here. I'm just saying, you know, uh, I, I think it goes both ways. I mean, if anybody, if whoever was announcing the game was going, oh, man, the Jazz are missing Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley, uh, then, yeah, I mean, I, okay. But also point out that LeBron freaking James and uh, Anthony Davis were missing too. I mean, so the teams were wounded. Both teams were, obviously. And I I don't know. I, I didn't think the Jazz deserved to win that game. I, well, okay. All right. I think it's amazing they pushed it to overtime. And by the way, shout out to Jordan Clarkson. What a clutch shot that was, that three-point make. Yeah. Yeah, that was. No doubt about that. And Ersan Ilyasova. Ilyasova coming out of, coming out of nowhere to, uh, boy, he was hot, especially early on. And the block of the year, which is something to say on a team that has Rudy Gobert, where he he ended uh, Kyle Kuzma's will to live in one play. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. The other big story of the weekend. Well, I guess there were several big stories, but another big story of the weekend. Uh, University of Utah had their spring game. It was uh, fun to see all the pictures of of the fans in the stands, and uh, I would imagine uh, people were pretty excited to see a little football again. Uh, Not that the score ever matters in these sorts of things, but uh, the red team beat the black team 21-0. Of course, uh, the big story coming out is uh, Charlie Brewer. That's what all the buzz was about, Gordon. He competed all 15 of his passes for 151 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, thoughts? Uh, he looks like the guy. I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of doubt about that. I know Cam Rising is out there healing, but uh, this Brewer kid, he looks he looks good to me, and he looks like he's uh, taking over a leadership role on the team, inspiring confidence from his teammates. So I, Austin and I were talking about this a little bit before the show. In all my years covering spring ball, Gordon, and if, if you have never gotten this assessment, uh, feel free to disagree. But I've always thought, you know, the coaches kind of have a narrative going into these things. And they, you know, 
do what they can to kind of get the outcome that they want because the actual game <laughs> itself doesn't have a ton of meaning to them. You know, they they get more of their their coaching assessment done in, in the the scrimmages and the practices and the the spring game is kind of something for the fans, right? And so yeah. he kind of wants everybody. They want everybody to come away with the impression that they're they want, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's I don't think it's an accident that Charlie Brewer looked good. And I don't I don't want to take away from it because you know uh, great on him. Couple of touchdowns, go have a day. But it wouldn't surprise me is that that the that's the assessment. They agree with you, Gordon. That's the assessment throughout the spring ball. And want to put him in a position where he can be the guy leading throughout the the summer because we know with co- when coaches can't be around. And I'm I'm holding up air quotes there because you know. It's no coincidence that their office windows just, you know, look right down upon the, pl- <laughs> the practice field. You know what I mean? But uh, the point is, they're kind of they probably setting that hierarchy for a reason because they want him to step into a leadership role because they likely feel like he's the guy uh, that is going to be going into fall. And, you know, I'm not a mind reader and uh, they, they're including Cam Rising and all the answers in the conversation. And so, you know, there'll probably be a, a bit of a competition in the fall. But I, I think they are setting up Charlie Brewer to be in a good position to win the job. Is that yes. is that is that yeah. is that unfair? Am I jumping to not enough conclusions or too many conclusions? Oh, uh, okay. Some people might think that's a tad bit snarky, but uh, I think we get what you're saying. Yeah, yep. Get him comfortable. Make uh, allow him, if he's able to to rise up to the occasion, to look good, and uh, and he did. Pretty hard to beat fifteen of fifteen, right? Right. And then the the other story I think is you know I'm we're, I'm going to keep an eye on throughout the summer and going into fall is you know there's a lot of opportunity for position players that maybe aren't on our radar to really step into some roles vacated by transfers and and other reasons that uh, that of course uh, everybody's familiar with you know so there's going to be some opportunities for specifically wide receivers. And uh, they may still add yet some wide receivers out of the transfer portal, but specifically wide receivers, but some running backs too. I mean, Micah Bernard is really the only running back um, that we have any sort of familiarity with, right? They've got the TJ Pledger coming in from Oklahoma. And uh, is it uh, Chris Curry, right, who transferred in from from LSU, which, you know, Utah has no problem attracting uh, stud running backs. So I wouldn't doubt if either one of those guys turned out to be really, really good. So, you know, I think there's some opportunity for some guys maybe that uh, that to, to to be new and spring onto the scene. Yeah. You know, I, th- I find it interesting. First of all, let me address a couple things you said there. You know, that Utah doesn't have a hard time finding running backs. You know, Kyle Whittingham addressed that a, few, a couple of weeks ago, and he said it with such pride, you know. Uh, do you remember that? Do you remember hearing that? Yeah. And uh, if I'm a running back, I'd be looking at Utah for sure, you know, uh, because they've had such a great track record of, of uh, runners uh, making hay here and gaining a whole lot of yards. And – being accommodated uh, in order to see that success. So that's one thing that that Kyle has uh, has established through all his years at Utah. And the other thing is uh, the, the whole the whole transfer thing. You and I have talked about that a lot, but it it seems as though this is a whole new skill. Uh, or, or, you know, signing <laughs> free agents. And, uh, you know, the Utes lose some, 
uh, and uh, and they gain some. Now, that'll be interesting to see how that exchange goes moving forward. Will they lose more than they gain? Will it be a net positive for Utah football moving forward? Because I, if, I, if I'm a player somewhere else and I'm unhappy where I am and I'm considering transferring, there, you know, those Utah coaches, including Kyle Whittingham, have a pretty good track record of finding the right spot for you to make you look good, not just in a spring game, but during the regular season, enough for you to get the attention of NFL scouts. And, you know, that I think Utah... It's a terrific school. It's, uh, it's, I disagree with some of the offensive play calling and emphasis, as you and I have discussed before. But it's a, it's a tremendous football program, a great school, and the coaches there are going to make you better, if, uh, at least at most positions. By the way, uh, quick corrections and retractions, and I don't know how I made this mistake, but Micah Bernard, not Mackay. That doesn't make any sense. I it is Mackay, it. not Micah. Colorado, oh, Colorado, tomato. I'm, all, I'm only reading it. M-I-C-A-H. Mackay. I mean, that that's spelled like I would have read it Micah as well, anyway. but it is Mackay. Mackay. I apologize. My apologies. Obviously, we're familiar with his work, too. So These, these, names, these names can get complicated. Here's, here's the thing, though, that I, it concerns me a little bit, though, is just how special Ty Jordan was when talking specifically about the running backs. I mean, getting, getting that type of, of production and spark into an offense is, is probably not all that realistic. I mean, um, th- that has less to do with a critique on the, the current uh, players there in that position group and more just a compliment on and how just amazing a football player he was. And really, I I hate bringing that up because it just points out the fact that how sad the ending to that story was, just because there was yeah. so much so much potential there, just uh-huh. just because he was that good, he was so good. Yes, unbelievable. And you said it. What a sad story. And I think you fans are still struggling to get over that yeah. as they should, because just a, a terrific young guy. And uh, man, anybody who saw we remember right at the beginning when we saw him perform on the field. I think you and I both said to each other, "Keep your eye on that guy. That guy's got some talent." And uh, I, you know, he might have been a little undersized, but there have been great running backs who have been less than tall. And uh, when I saw that kid run, I thought, "What a thing of beauty that is!" So for his life to be to be ended uh, so prematurely, man, that, that was, uh, yeah. I don't care whether you're a fan or an observer of college football or even a fan of a different school, when you consider that whole thing, it's, it's heartbreaking. It is, and it should say a lot about him, and not that we want to dwell on this subject today per se, but um, should say a lot about him that he played his way up the running back depth chart at Utah the way that he did to be the guy as a freshman. I mean, yeah. Zach Moss had to wait his turn at Utah. You know, and and what a special player he turned into, and is going to have many years in the NFL. So well, that, that, well, that that accomplishment in and of itself is is pretty remarkable. That's interesting that you bring that up because there's two routes to go. One is that you have to you have to fight your way through. You know, and uh, you know, as we said, Utah has a a stable of running backs who are who have potential. And uh, you, man, if you're gonna if you're gonna see the field at Utah as a running back, you you gotta prove it. And then the other side of that is what you were talking about, 
and whether it's true or not, I don't know, about Charlie Brewer being helped along to establish himself as a leader. Uh, you know, that's a different route. And I'm not saying he's not earning it, but uh, there, there are different ways to do it. We've heard Kalani Sataki down at BYU talk about the importance of, of earning stuff. But it's one thing to earn it. It's another thing to be a little late in discovering the talent that's there. <laughs> so if you see someone like Ty Jordan, man, okay, make him work a little bit, but watch him run. Watch him run and watch him help you win. I mean, they lost several quality running backs to transfer because they they looked at Ty not in a way like, <laughs> wow, they, they gave him an opportunity I didn't get, but looked at him in a way like, I'm not going to be able to beat that guy out. I need to go find <laughs> another place to play. Well, let's see. So, the, the kid runs with the wind, and he's got yeah. all those moves that he had. They're just a, a preeminent talent. Yeah. So, so so Utah may have some dudes. In fact, looking at their track, rec- uh, track record with running backs, I think it's likely they've got some dudes. But, man, yeah. he was special. He, he It will not be possible to replace him next year. So we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. But, all right, we'll have more Big Show coming up. Stay tuned. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.